Hello and welcome to the First and Ten podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Feltz, here in Bloomington, Indiana. And folks, we're right here in mid-October, middle of football season, football weather, 55, you know, getting colder. And look at the trees. It's that beautiful color. It's the fall, folks. It's the perfect time of year. I'm all for it. And we're right in the thick of football season. There's nothing like it. Joining me to talk some football, as always, is Reed Murray down in Nashville, Tennessee. Reed, what's going on? I'm not just joining you to talk some football. I'll be joining you to watch some football. That's right. In Bloomington for the Ohio State-Indiana game. Super excited to see my Buckeyes in person. Super excited to see a lot of people in Indiana again, um, who I met last time. I uh, went to the Cincinnati-Indiana game. Lots of things to look forward to this weekend. But for now, I'm in Nashville, ready to talk some football in the first and ten. That's right. Yeah, me and Reed, well, if you're listening to this, I'm sure a lot of you listening on Friday or Saturday, um, me and Reed will be reunited again, second time this season. Reed's first time seeing his beloved Buckeyes take the field in Bloomington, and his first time seeing the Buckeyes play all season long. Should be a fun one. We'll talk about that later, but first – I think our first order of business this week, we've got to talk about the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Purdue Boilermakers because, wow, first things first, Reed Murray called it. Purdue won this game. Reed, give yourself a pat on the back. He patted himself on the back. Reed Stradamus, who did not know the origin of the Stradamus. He did did not know Nostradamus, but he is. I was not familiar with Nostradamus. I knew what (laughs) Stradamus meant, but I did not know the origin. He has since um, usurped Nostradamus as a better predictor. That's right. But um, <laughs> that also leads into the first and 10 trivia question. Just pause right here. Um, pause trivia it. question this week, because this week after their win against Iowa, Purdue is ranked. When was the last time the Purdue Boilermakers were ranked? We'll answer it at the end of the show. So we'll give you plenty of time to think that one over. Yeah, the streak. When was the last time the Boilermakers were in the top 25? The streak, by the way, of Purdue being unranked was the longest in the nation. It was snapped this week. The Boilermakers are ranked. Not sure I agree with that, but after the way they played against the Iowa Hawkeyes, it is pretty tough not to acknowledge that this is a good football team. Um, They go into Iowa City 24-7. to The Iowa offense falls apart. George Karloftis eats his breakfast, lunch, and dinner on the field at Kinnick Stadium. Uh, And David Bell has the game of his life. Uh, wow is the answer. I predicted I would win this game and I was wrong, but it, I said it wouldn't surprise me if Purdue won. That's a fact. Um, Purdue does kind of own Iowa. That's also a fact. And they showed it again this week, a big win for Jeff Brom, arguably the second best, almost certainly the second best of his Purdue tenure after that Ohio state win. Some would say even more impressive since it was on the road in Kinnick, but I don't know if I'd go that far. Um, but no, what what a win for Purdue. Now, this is this is the question though, is Purdue always gets their one upset a year. That we know this. Can Purdue take this and get more than six wins out of this season? Can they win eight, nine games? Is is that a, a realistic possibility? I don't know about eight, nine games. They certainly can go to a bowl game, though. I think that's um that's definitely possible. They just need two more wins to do it. And when you look at their schedule, they have Wisconsin, Nebraska, Northwestern, Indiana, those are all games they can win. I mean, they can also beat Michigan State and Ohio State. But, you know, out of those four, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Purdue, Indiana, or not Purdue, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Northwestern, Indiana, I think it is pretty likely that they get at least two of those in the W column. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this team is almost certainly going to go bowling, which is, I think, coming into the season, I thought that was – 
probably the goal for Purdue was to make a bowl. I mean, this isn't a super talented football team or anything. There are some very good players. I think they have two first-round NFL draft picks on this roster and Bell and Karloftis, but it still isn't a great team overall. They, they still haven't settled on a starting quarterback, and it's, you know, this late into the season, right? It's crazy. Um, they're still playing multiple guys, but this team is good. Um, the defense is better than I thought. Maybe it's because Iowa's offense made them look that bad, but – I don't, I don't know what to think about them. They're good. I think they're not bad. I don't think this is one of the top 25 best teams in college football. Uh, after the performance we saw from them against Minnesota, after the performance we saw from them against Notre Dame. This is not one of the 25 best teams in football. I know that was an impressive win. I know they're four and two. This team's just not top 25 quality. And I don't see how you can argue that they are if you've actually watched them play. And that's the thing is that a lot of the AP poll voters don't watch the games. They didn't, they didn't know that Purdue you know, looked horrible against Illinois and Minnesota and their two games before Iowa and that Jeff Brom always kind of beats Iowa. So I don't know, maybe it's just me. I'm not, I'm not all in on Purdue quite yet. This is an impressive win that'll do a lot of good for their program. Well, you see, I'm not all in on Purdue either, but I don't blame the voters for putting them in, in the top 25. I don't think I would have either, but certainly it's a good look for the conference. But at the same time, you know, when you talk about how bad they looked earlier in the season, sometimes the way you show up in big games is more important than the way you show up in those lower less important games like minnesota i think when you can show up because it's not like they just won on a fluky field goal or something i mean they dominated iowa iowa had no shot all game they completely Mm -hmm. just forfeited to purdue they let them do pretty much whatever they wanted both on offense and defense so i think that says more about iowa than it does about purdue but that's still impressive on purdue's end you got to give it to them. And again, I don't think that Iowa is going to finish the season ranked or, or not. Iowa. I don't think that Purdue is going to finish the season ranked um, or even close to it. But for this week, I don't blame the voters there. Yeah. I mean, but we, we, we saw what they did against Illinois and Minnesota. I mean, come on. I right. guess. Yeah. You know, but beyond that, I want to talk a little about Iowa. I want to, I want to do my two big takeaways of the week. Both of them are somewhat related to Iowa and rankings. The first big takeaway is the Iowa Hawkeyes are frauds. And I knew this coming into the game. I had them <laughs> ranked at number two just because that's, you have to. You know, no other team seemed more deserving. No other team had a better resume at that point. But you look at that strong resume. You see a 34-6 win against Indiana that scores misleading. The game was really closer than that. There were some stupid mistakes where Indiana shot themselves in the foot. If Indiana played their best game, the score would not have been 34-6. Indiana played a pretty poor game. Pretty poor is an understatement, understatement of the century. They played the worst game I think I've ever seen from them, at least in the Tom Allen era. I was about to say, in program history, I don't know about that. No, in the Tom Allen era, (laughs) probably the last uh, seven, eight years, I would say. Yeah, and then – then we see them take on an Iowa State team. This was an important win for them at the time. But, you know, Iowa State, 4-2 and two team, they're all right. But, I mean, they nearly lost to Northern Iowa. They lost to Baylor. I don't know. I, Iowa State doesn't really impress me that much. Anyway, moving on from that, still a good win. Still good to beat a team that has stars the way Iowa State does. Solid win against Kent State, I guess. Down at the half against Colorado State. That should be that, – that's when the red lights start blaring. They fraud, 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 fraud. That's when you should start <laughs> looking uh, at how fraudulent this team is. They look strong against Maryland. I'll say they redeemed themselves against Maryland. 
Then the Penn State game, that's a game they should have lost. They didn't. The Maryland game was the the, the I, one I don't that like talking got about, us all off their scent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't like talking about should ofs or ifs, ands, or buts in college football, but I will say, and I'm not making excuse on the behalf of Penn State, I'm saying Iowa did not deserve to win that football game. They did. And that's part of the reason they went into this week number two. Mm-hmm. Iowa fraudulent in the way, like I said, they let Purdue walk all of them. Stomped out by Purdue. From the get-go, they did not look like they showed up to play, and they should have been ready. I mean, maybe they were still in that uh, Penn State hangover, who knows, because you and I both sort of believe in hangovers in college football, and we'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about it later when we talk about Purdue's game this week. But right, even with a Penn State hangover, that was horrible. Horrible. You can't lose at Kinnick that way. No. And I've seen they a lot of Blown out. Yeah. Blown out. Takeaway number two. People are stupid. College football fans are stupid. And I say this because, and of course, every time I look at social media and I look at the reactions to rankings or any sort of sports-related thing, it makes me upset. So I know I need to stop doing it. However, every post I saw with the AP poll top 10 on there said, every comment was something along the lines of, Alabama lost to an unranked team and they dropped to number five. Iowa does the same thing and they drop out of the top 10. This is BS, Bama bias. First of all, watch an Alabama football game and tell me that they're at the same level as Iowa because they're not. You would be lying to say that. (laughs) Second of all, let me tell you what Iowa did that Alabama didn't do. Iowa played a home game against the unranked opponent and got boat raced. Mm -hmm. They got dog walked by Purdue. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget Texas A&M coming into the season. Everybody thought could, you know, potentially win the SEC. Yeah. People coming into the season thought Purdue could maybe win six games. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, yes, they were unranked. Yes, they lost to Mississippi State. Yes, AM, not really all that. However, this is a team that was in the top 10. They won the Orange Bowl last season. They were a preseason top 10 team. They fell off a little bit, but this is also a Texas AM home game. Bama's going on the road. They lost by three on a last second field goal in a back and forth game where for the entire second half, they looked to be the clear stronger team. Iowa, on the other hand, is at home against a team that was far out of the top 25 to begin the season and remained far out of the top 25 up until this week. And they did not look like they had a prayer all game. They were just behind. They just looked like they were missing something. And Purdue, Purdue looked like they, a top 10 team in that game, the way they just dominated. You can't compare Iowa and Alabama are not even the same galaxy in my mm-hmm. eyes. You can't, these, this, this is an apples and orange situation. Um, and second of all, this is a much more minor point, but I, you know, Michigan moved up two spots in the rankings this week. And I saw a lot of people crying about that. Oh, Michigan didn't even play, and they moved up three spots. Oh, this is so stupid. Well, when the teams ahead of you perform poorly, someone has to move up. So if, <laughs> if someone ahead right. of you loses and you don't lose, you're going to move up most likely. That so is how it works. There. That's how it works. It's simple, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not an advocate of Michigan football, and I don't think they're – You never will be. Do not misconstrue this, folks. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a Michigan Context matters. advocate here, and I'm not advocating for Michigan to be – uh, a highly ranked team, whatever. But at this point, the resume says they deserve it. They have some strong wins against at the very worst decent teams and strong wins. I mean, wins by 50 to 60 points. Um, Michigan is absolutely deserving of, of a top 10 spot at this point. And I think they'll finish the year at about nine and three. I don't think they'll be at that spot the whole, uh, this whole time, but when you look at the resume right now, they absolutely deserve that. So to say, well, they didn't even play. Why are they moving up? They're so high. It's because they haven't done anything to lose that spot. That's what this year is. It's just a matter of 
who is, is going to – it's basically everyone falls. It's just a matter of when you fall. If you fall early like Ohio State did, you got to wait to creep your, back, your way back up. Whereas if you're Iowa and last week, you're going to be out of the top. That's just the way it is. I'm just tired of seeing people – I'm just tired of it. It's 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 just stupid. College football fans are so stupid. That's such a good reason. I say that, and I will admit, I've I've said things like that before, and mm-hmm. I I have been a I still am a stupid college football fan. We're yeah, all that the, when when Reed says that, that's a catch all. That includes him. Reed's a college football fan. Absolutely. Uh huh. That's a catch all. But that really had me irritated the way someone would dare to compare Iowa and Alabama to one uh-huh. another. Yeah, that's these are not Alabama. It's much better coached way more talent all around the games aren't even comparable alabama lost on a field goal iowa got blown out it's it's you've said it all what else is there to say it's dumb it's it's yeah it's dumb alabama lost that game because they had a poor first half they like i said they dominated that second half if the entire game was if the second half was the whole game they would have won by a pretty mean score but that's not the case, and Iowa or and Alabama deserve to lose, and I'm happy they lost. But to compare Iowa and Alabama, it's not fair. It's not right. It's not it's just it's dumb. It's not. I am on your side with this one, Reed. Um, one other thing I, I do want to talk about uh, here with this Iowa team. I don't know if 11 is a fair ranking for them. If 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 this was a good enough win for Purdue to catapult them from not even remotely considered for the top 25 to 25th. Um, but it's a bad enough loss. There, there's just for Iowa to drop nine spots. There's just a false equivalency there. There's those aren't, you can't, you can't say that, that that's both an incredible win for Purdue and the most embarrassing loss ever for, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can't say both Purdue is good and Iowa is nine spots worse than they were. That, that just can't be true. You, you can either say Purdue is bad. And because of that, Iowa has to fall, or you can say, Purdue is good, and because of that, Iowa doesn't fall too far. One way or another. I'm going to push you on that a little bit because I feel like mm, I don't if, know. Go, if, if Iowa goes into this game ranked 10, let's say, and Purdue wins by that type of score and Purdue's four and two, I feel like they would crack the top 25. If Iowa, if Iowa was, the number, was the number 11 team in the country going into this game and Purdue wins – as decisively as they what I'm did. Saying, what I'm saying is two here, losses. I feel like they could get ranked. I feel like that's what I, no, what I'm I'm fair. I'm saying yeah, what I'm saying here is that Purdue or that Iowa, excuse me, um, that if Purdue is supposedly a ranked caliber team, that Iowa should be much higher than eleventh. Maybe not much, but they should be about three or four spots higher. I guess I see what you're saying, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just the nature of this year. I will if they're good enough to be in the top ten, they'll work their way back up. People yeah. will lose. They will win enough games. They'll work their way back up. And we'll see. This was definitely not a number two team in the country, though. This was not the second best team in college. And Iowa has a pretty easy schedule for the rest of the year. They're in the Big Ten West. Yeah, exactly. And so does they've Purdue. gotten their hard games out of the way. They've gotten the Penn State one, the Indiana one, the Iowa State game out of the way. They won all three of those. They have the pretty loss. They're out kind of, of on system. easy streak yeah. the rest of the year. They just need to make sure they don't, because because part of the reason I think they lost this game is because they went in and expecting an easy win. They can't expect an easy win in any of these games. But if they go and play their best game or even a decent game, they should win out. Credit to Jeff Brom. He owns Iowa. Credit to Jeff Brom. The new governor of the state of Iowa. That's Jeff right. Brom. Yeah. Um, incredible win for Purdue, though. Uh, moving on. Um, look, looking at something this week, I, I do want to talk about the Indiana Hoosiers a little bit. Um, but, but actually, no, I need to talk one more thing about Purdue. Looking at Purdue's game this week against Wisconsin – 
I don't care how good either of these teams are. I don't care how bad either of these teams are. <sighs> Wisconsin's winning this game. Wisconsin's winning this game. <clears throat> yep. Um, I completely agree. Yeah, the same. Listen, I think Purdue is a better football team than Wisconsin. I think Iowa is a better football team than Purdue. But the same principle that applies to Purdue versus Iowa applies to Wisconsin versus Purdue. Purdue owns Iowa. That's a fact. Wisconsin owns Purdue. That's another fact. Um, just in the series recently, um, Wisconsin has really dominated Purdue. And I know, let, let's be real, there have been some horrible Purdue teams and some excellent Wisconsin teams in the last couple of years. That's, I mean, by the last couple of years, I mean about 10 years. Um, but Wisconsin's won 14 in a row against Purdue. They haven't lost to them since 2003. I mean, come on. Like, I'm not, I'm not betting against that. I agree with you. I'm going with Wisconsin this one too. If we want to just sort of sort of spoil it, I guess, because I don't think we're going to talk much more about this Wisconsin-Purdue game. I'm going with another. I had a weird score last week. I was close to being right with my Army-Iowa score. Mm-hmm. I had, I think it was 21-20. Army-Wisconsin, yeah. But final score ended up being, where is it right here? 20 to 16. 2014. 2014, so, yeah. Pretty similar score. I'm going with another weird score. It's also going to be a one-point score. I'm going Wisconsin 17, Purdue 16. This one just has crazy weird score written all over it and low-scoring game written all over it. And I feel like if Wisconsin had shown me a little more earlier this year, I would have them blowing Purdue out in this one. Um, They haven't shown me enough to make me believe that, though. I still think they're going to get a win, like you said, because that dynamic, it just exists. Going to go Wisconsin 17-16. I think the streak is extended to 15. Give me Wisconsin 16-10. to Another low score. I like that score there. Mm-hmm. But are you ready to get into our what to watch fors this week for Indiana? What do imagine, we have to watch I imagine for? our what to watch for for both of us are going to be pretty similar since we're both going to the same game. It's pretty clear what yeah. <laughs> this week, Ohio State, Indiana. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm on your you side here. For? My thing to watch for this week is a potentially legendary performance by the Ohio State receiving corps because – um, Indiana has a great defense. Let's Indiana has a great defense. Not, not even just me, you know, Mr. Indiana saying that this is legitimately an excellent defense. That's been wasted by an anemic offense game in and game out this season. That's been the case, but this is an excellent defense. That's almost certainly, it sounds like maybe not certainly, but there is serious doubt that Taiwan Mullen and Reese Taylor, two starting defensive backs for Indiana are going to play this week. Um, and if they do play, uh, they haven't really been practicing. Tywin Mullen had a boot on his foot on Saturday. I broke that scoop, by the way. Um, little pat on the back to myself. Um, anyway, um, it doesn't sound like Tywin Mullen or Reese Taylor are going to be playing. And when you're without two starting defensive backs, if those guys don't play, or if they do play and they're, you know, rusty or hobbled or whatever, when you're down at defensive back, and that's one of the strengths of your team, and you're going against this Ohio State receiving group, it could be a long night. Uh, this could be a legendary performance from the Ohio State receivers. This could even be a breakout game for one of those guys who, who might not play as much. Could be a big JSN game, a Julian Fleming game, a Marvin Harrison Jr. homecoming game. Of course, his dad played for the Indianapolis Colts for so many years. Definitely, I think this matchup between the – let's say, though, Taiwan Mullen and Reese Taylor play in their, you know, their normal selves. I think that it's going to be a great matchup between two excellent position groups. But if they don't, I think Indiana could be in serious trouble. You know, my what to watch for this week, it's more broad. Here we have an offense, like you said, you described it as anemic. They looked 
they, they look inept in the red zone, I have to say. Mm-hmm. And they looked in that red zone against Michigan State last week. And shooting themselves in the foot on offense was the reason they lost this game, in my opinion. So clearly not the best Indian offense, led by Jack Tuttle. Um, I mean, I don't want to hate on the guy. He's not meant to be a superstar guy, but he, he's not. He's never going to compare to what Michael Penix was last season. He's not going to be their star guy. So Indian, the offense, just not the best in general. Ohio State's defense. It's improved vastly since the first two weeks of the season, but still one of the worst defenses we've seen at Ohio State in the last few years. So bad offense versus bad defense, to put it in simplest terms, and then great offense versus great defense. This should be an interesting one. And I think that would result in it being a close game. Ohio State, I think, is just going to pull away in this one, though, because Mm – in modern college football, you know, the, the, it's the classic phrase, defense wins championships. But in modern college football, great offense typically beats great defense. Mm-hmm. That's time. just what the sport has sort of evolved into. Yeah. We have much more electric offenses and fewer, you know, immovable object defenses. So I think no matter what Indiana does on defense, Ohio State will eventually find a way. And I think it's also just because they have so many weapons and especially Travion Henderson coming in. He looks, he looks like JK Dobbins in his freshman year. And he, and I have a feeling that two years down the road, he's going to be, I mean, he's already in, in, in the Heisman odds. He will definitely be a strong Heisman contender two years from now. Um, So you have him as an, as an offensive weapon, if the passing game didn't work. And you look at that Tulsa game in the Tulsa game, Ohio state's passing offense wasn't working at all. They gave it to Henderson and he sort of saved the day similar to what Trey Sermon did against Northwestern last year's Big Ten Championship. So if the passing offense is not doing what you think it will, which I don't think will be the case, but if that is the case, Ohio State still can turn to the run game. They just have so many options, so many weapons. They can afford to make mistakes, throw an interception, pull the ball, whatever, get three and outs. They can afford to make these kind of mistakes because they know the Indiana offense is likely not going to punish them for that, and they know they get another chance it, it just takes one drive for Ohio State to get back into a football game. You have receivers and just an overall offense as good as they have. And especially when you have the best receiving core in the United States, um, it doesn't take much for Ohio State to get into a game. So even if they go out on early, even if they make stupid mistakes, they can, I think, claw their way back um, without much issue. I'm going to go with my score prediction here. I'm going to go 38-16 Ohio State. I think IU's defense does well and sort of limits them to an extent. But at the end of the day, Ohio State's offense is just going to overpower them. And I think 16 for IU, that would result in – I have the 16 coming from three field goals. Ohio, or Indiana has shown that they're not a touchdown scoring team. We saw it last week. I think we see it again this week. I think there's going to be a lot of decent Indiana drives that turn out to be field goals, few touchdowns. I'm going 38-16 Ohio State. I know you said this Ohio State defense is bad, but let's be clear: this defensive line is excellent, and it's anchored. That's true. By the, the defensive line is. It's one. anchored, and it's anchored by these freshmen. It's anchored by you know Jack Sawyer and JT, whose name I still can't pronounce. I'm not going to botch it. Um, those two guys have been excellent as freshmen, and obviously Haskell, the rascal, Haskell Garrett is great. Um, this is by far the best defensive line Indiana is going to face this season, in my mind. Um, I know Penn State's got a good one too, but you know even an okay defensive line can generate tons of pressure given Indiana's struggles on the offensive line. Um, This team is going to absolutely dominate Indiana in the trenches. Um, At least when it's defense versus offense and the Buckeyes are on defense, I think that's the case. Ohio State's offensive line is pretty terrific too. Yeah. And I think Indiana's got a good defensive line. Ohio State doesn't really have any weaknesses on offense. 
No, I would say tight ends. No, they don't. Spot, but even that's not a weak but, spot. But this defensive line, I think, if they can just generate pressure, which they will, they'll have no worries. Um, I actually made the score prediction very similar to yours earlier today. 37-13 was my pick. Um, yeah, the Indian offense just can't score. Uh, personally, I don't think Nick Sheridan uh, has a whole lot of time left as the Indian offensive coordinator. I don't know if they fire him before the season's done. But he, he's just awful. He is such a clear and obvious downgrade from Kalen DeBoer in every single way. Um, and I don't see him sticking around, especially because every other coordinator hire Allen's made has been great. Kalen DeBoer is awesome. Uh, you know, Kane Womack got a head coaching job. Charlton Warren's been great so far. Um, but Sheridan's just been so bad. And I think that, you know, after what we saw last week, you know, Indiana did have a chance to win that game against Michigan State. They had a couple drives late where they could have and nothing nothing came of it. Um, the defense gave him every single opportunity to win that game, but a Tuttle pick six and just an uncreative, uninteresting, boring, terrible offense really screwed the Hoosiers in the end um, and kept them from winning that game. And I think it's kept them from reaching their full potential all season long. It doesn't seem like quarterback is the only issue anymore because Tuttle's struggles were really similar to Penix's. And honestly, that's scheme at that point. I don't think it's quarterback. We, we, we have seen you know, the Tuttle and Penix both have immense talent, but the offensive coaching for this team is, is really, in my mind, what's costing them, you know, the games. And one thing I want to see from Ohio State, another, another what's watched for for me on the defensive side of the ball is, is I want to see the secondary really step up because the mm-hmm. secondary last year, I think was pretty clearly the worst unit on the team. This year, they're showing some improvement. Denzel Burke, a freshman, he is playing phenomenally, especially yeah. for a freshman. I think he's, he could be one of those guys who in the next couple of years brings it, gives Ohio State that BIA, DBU, you know, sort of status of the school where you go to play defensive back. Ohio State, in my opinion, was DBU. There, was, there, was, there were debates between Ohio State and LSU. Some Florida fans tried to sneak their way into the, that debate. Texas. <laughs> yeah, Texas claimed to be DBU. They're not even in the top five, in my opinion. But anyway, Ohio State was the defensive back university for a few years. Last year, clearly not the case. Denzel Burke could be that guy in a long, sort of in the next two years, sort of kind of like Travion Henderson, who becomes a superstar in these next two seasons. Um, I really hope to see, he had a pick six against Rutgers. I hope to see him and some of his teammates, Ryan Watts, Lathan Ransom, Cameron Brown, Cameron Martinez. I think these guys can come up strong against Jack Tuttle. I really hope to see one or two interceptions for Ohio State. And I think that can, you know, I've, 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 I've seen some people talking about momentum and how, you know, it doesn't exist. And I think momentum sort of exists, but it's not, it's not as big of a factor as people act like it is. But I think if they can sort of just generate some confidence, maybe not quite momentum, but, but if they can, if, if, because Ohio State, their, their defensive back unit has been criticized harshly um, ever since like week two of last season. They've been harshly criticized. If they can have a great game against Indiana, which I think they can, a, a pressured Jack Tuttle, I don't think that's a good thing for Indiana to have, and it's something no. they're going to have this week. We've seen just lots of bad. Things. Have every and I will week. say Indiana's receiver play. As someone who's watched a lot of, can I? T- here, yep. I've can I talk? I was going to talk about it. That's my next thing to watch for. It's Ty yeah, Freifogel. But I just, I just let me finish. Get, get in Ty Freifogel. Go through. Finish it. I just want to say, I, I really think we will see the Ohio State defensive backs at least get one interception, maybe one or two. I agree. Make a serious impact in this game. And I think that can sort of – that sort of high they could get from the Indiana game can carry them onto the rest of the season and their play can improve. 
and only get better from here on out. I think this is, this is a great game to build confidence, sort of get into a rhythm for what you need to be doing in the next couple of weeks. And I really hope, and I think it starts with Denzel Burke. It's funny to say that a freshman should be the leader of, of a group like that, but he has clearly been the best player in the secondary all season. And I think he can continue that. Yeah. One more thing here I want to watch for in this game is Ty Freifogel, who obviously last season, we all remember the game he had against Ohio State, over 200 yards, just absolutely cooked him. Uh, one of the best single game performances I think I've ever seen from an Indiana player, probably the best. It was him and Penix against Ohio State last year. Um, he has been a ghost this season. He has disappeared. Uh, missing Ty Freifogel, if found, please uh, – please return his goat chain or whatever he was wearing at big 10 media days. He, uh, he certainly had an ego this off season, but uh, he has been absolutely missing in action this season. And when the ball's thrown his way, he's dropped it. Um, he should have left last year and gotten the NFL money while he could have, uh, because I think he absolutely cratered his draft stock at least so far this season. Maybe tonight's or this week is the, the week he bounces back. You know, obviously he played so well against Ohio state last season, Maybe he just has a thing for playing well against the Buckeyes. I don't know. But a good game this week would go a long way in establishing some confidence in him for the final six games or however many games of his Indiana career. Um, it seems like six is the answer because he doesn't get another free COVID year, and I don't know if this team will go to a bowl game or not. Um, or if he just kind of flames out and ends up on an NFL practice squad, and that's that. He can really make an impact this week. Obviously, Ohio State has had struggles defensive back, but I think if Ty Freifogel wants to be the receiver he was last season again, it starts this week. It just has to because so far this season, and I can blame Scheme and I can blame Nick Sheridan all I want, but Ty Freifogel's problems are entirely Ty Freifogel's. He has been bad this season. He's just been bad. He just hasn't been good. And it's shocking given the player we saw last season, but it's the truth. He's not been good. I agree with you on that, and um, I don't know. I, mean, I feel like he'll be more than a practice squad guy. I mean, Nick Westbrook, you know, if you were watching Monday Night Football this week, he made some important plays for the Titans. Well, Nick Westbrook's awesome, yeah. And But, I but mean, he, hey, never the sort of, he never had – he just, to me, was never the star that Fry Fogel was oh, for a couple Wap, games last well, Wap, year. Wap Fillier, in him. Wap Fillier isn't even on an NFL practice squad right now. So, sure. I mean, hey. But – Westbrook has I, I, a special, I feel like, I special think still hope no. for Freifogel because yeah, there's no Joe Schmo who can put up 300 yards against Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Even with how bad Ohio State secondary was last year, you can't just have some some schmuck go out there and do that. It takes a special player, and I do think a lot of his issues are mental this year, um, where maybe he just has too much ego, or you know he he just thinks that he doesn't have anything because last year had a lot to prove. Everyone was talking Wap Fillier this, Wap Fillier that. No one was really talking about Ty Freifogel until he had an incredible game this year. He 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 might feel like he has less to prove, and he just kind of already has that status. And I think in this game, if he feels he's starting to lose that status, that might cause him to step his game up. I still think even if he has a tremendous game, I don't think Indiana can score enough points because at the end of the day, if you want to beat Ohio State, you have to do Oregon. You have to win in a shootout. Mm -hmm. Ohio State is it, they're not quite like those Oklahoma teams we saw in the last couple of years where they play amazing offense and no defense. Ohio State plays some defense, but at the end of the day, they win games with their offense. And if you want to beat Ohio State, you have to do it with a stronger offense. You have to win in a shootout. Indiana is not beating anyone in a shootout, I don't think. The only way they can beat Ohio State is if they limit them to under 28 points, which I don't think is going to happen. I'm going to knock on wood right there because I am – I'm telling you, 
while I'm saying all this, you know, analytically, tactically, based on the X's and O's and the Jimmys and Joes, Ohio State should win this game. Yep, and handily in my however, mind. However, however, I am uh-oh. scared out of my mind because I know it's not a Big Ten West game, but a 7:30 ABC game on the road midseason, right before the Penn State game that Ohio State is. I'm assuming putting a lot of focus on sounds like an upset. Like I said, based on, based on the coaching, the players, what we've seen from these teams earlier this season, Ohio state should win this game comfortably, but I'm scared. I'm worried. And I'm especially worried that I'm going to drive four and a half hours to Indiana to watch this game. And I'm gonna have a long four and a half hour drive back. And a long hours after that game hearing from me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm worried. Yeah, I might have to find a new place to stay. If Ohio State loses, I might be – I don't know. Fine. I, I might look for a hotel or something. Um, You might uh, – yeah. Hey, my, my couch is wide open. That's all I'm saying. You can you can stay in the other room instead of the, uh, the air mattress setup we had last time because I don't know if I'd be sleeping if Indiana won this game. I would probably be up all night uh, screaming and running in circles like a madman. I would. Uh... I will ask. I'll ask if you if it does happen, get that out in the stadium, and once you leave the stadium, uh, take it easy on me. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, it should be a fun one, regardless. I think the atmosphere is going to be excellent. Uh, it is a question though: what percentage of the crowd will be Ohio State fans? I think it'll you know, maybe be half and half. Uh, it's going to be a good one though. Should be fun. Good atmosphere. Let me tell you, night game. And, and let me tell our, our listeners about. Uh, about the, the sort of ticket situation here because about two weeks ago, I was looking for tickets for this game. Actually more, more, more like three weeks ago, I was looking for tickets for this game and the cheapest listings available were about $110. And I'm happy I didn't buy a ticket then because this is back, you know, this is after the Cincinnati loss. This is, this is I think like the week of that Penn state game. So Indiana clearly not having the best season so far, but there's still belief they're a solid football team. Today, I bought a ticket for $59. And not only did I buy a ticket for $59, I bought a pretty terrific ticket for $59. It's um, it's behind the end zone, pretty close to the field. I mean, it, it, it cost you $300 to buy a ticket with that kind of view at Ohio State. Oh, and that that section behind the end zone, the only place where there are seats, not including the the stuff on top of the uh, – the, the place where there are seats in, in that end zone – um, there aren't many. It's a really, really, really close to the field section. It's awesome. I'm going to be at field level, so uh, I'll wave to you, Reed. I will try and Say find hi. you. I'll most likely be wearing an Ohio State hockey jersey. You're going um, with the hockey jersey. Interesting. I'm, Over not, the not, jersey. I'm not quite sure yet. It'll, it'll still be a game time decision. I've yet to pack, but um, I mean, these seats, these are terrific seats that were $59. These were the cheapest ones available on StubHub, but still consistently, there were about at least 50 seats available for under $90 mm-hmm. or, or at least under a hundred dollars. Um, a lot more people are listing their tickets and trying to sell them right now. And I'm assuming it's because they saw what happened last week and they've just seen what's happening with Indiana football in general and saying, I know Ohio state fans will pay top dollar or I guess not even top. I know they'll pay something. Ohio state fans are going to want to go to this game. And I also know that, that Indiana is not what I thought they were going to be this year. Mm-hmm. So season ticket holders have every reason to sell their tickets. Yeah, make a make a you huge. Know chunk the, of the majority there'll back. be a couple Indiana fans who are buying, you know, resold tickets on StubHub or whatever. But you know, the majority of those people are all going to be Ohio State fans, mm-hmm. and it's a sellout crowd. 
Ohio State always travels well to Indiana. It's not that far of a travel, and Ohio State That's is next door. Story for yeah, it, it's they're pretty much right door, next door neighbors. The Ohio State crowd is going to be unbelievable. I'm going to be in the H section of the OHI around the stadium channel. <laughs> happens. And that's all I got to say. There's going to be a lot of Ohio State fans in that crowd. There will be a lot of Indiana fans too. There will just be a lot of people in that crowd. Let's let's just say. Um, sure. But yeah, Ohio of course State you can't as an Indiana fan. A sold out Memorial Stadium is not something. No matter how many fans are the other team, a sold out Memorial Stadium is not something to complain about. So no. that's yeah, still something to see and say. Wow, there are, there are fifty three thousand people in this stadium. That's a terrific. It's cool. Thing. Yeah. Um. Definitely going to be an interesting one, though. Um, Reed, let's run through the rest of these games quick for this week. Um, so, all right, rest, rest of the games this week. Uh, Illinois, Penn State. Penn State by how many? I'm going Penn State 45-3. That's a lot. I'm going 42-10. to 10. I think Illinois scores a late touchdown to get some more on the scoreboard. Northwestern Michigan. Uh, I know there are some people out there who think, oh, Northwestern's spooky. They can they can challenge Michigan. Nope. No, no, they no, can't. No, no. Northwestern sucks. Um, they're gonna go into the big house and they're gonna get demolished. Give me Michigan 38, Northwestern six. I'm going 42-10, Wolverines. We already made our Wisconsin. And I love Purdue. this because go ahead, go ahead. I think Michigan goes in, they beat the absolute tar out of Northwestern on a big noon kickoff game. They're feeling all high about themselves. If they don't lose to Michigan State, they will lose to Penn State later on, become deflated. But I think they're going to be all high on themselves. They beat the crap out of these. Yeah, I think um, they lose in East Lansing. Who have solid wins on, on their resume. They, you know, they won. A, they played on, on Saturday Night Football on ABC, and they won that game sort of a thriller, then I think they're going to beat the tar out of the reigning Big Ten West champions. They're going to feel like they are the greatest team in the world, and I think they will lose to Michigan State the following week. I think they will, and too. I will laugh pretty hard if that happens. I I'll have a little on... evil cackle. <laughs> I'll have my hands. If you're watching this on, on YouTube, I'll have my hands like this. A maniacal laugh. Doing an evil cackle. <laughs> All right, we picked Wisconsin-Purdue. We picked Indiana-Ohio State. Final game, Maryland-Minnesota. Really weird one, both uh, Jekyll and Hyde teams. Uh, Minnesota's at home. I like Minnesota. Uh, 21-17, I think it's a close one. I'm going to go with Maryland 24-21 in this third bowl of a football game. Um, not much to say. I just feel like Maryland needs a win. I think they get it. Minnesota, I feel like once they face a little bit of adversity, they roll over and die, and I think they're – defense will face some adversity against Tal- although you know Talia had a pretty he's had a couple rough games this season I think he's got it in him and I think Minnesota won't be able to contain him very well yeah I'm we'll see this should be a good one and by a good one I mean a close one I don't mean an actually good one because I think both of these teams aren't very good all right that'll do it for our show this week except for one final thing Raid Murray I have a question for you when was the last time Purdue was ranked in the AP poll before well this week it was 2007. 2007. Another, another reason is repeating itself. This is seen as the chaos season. This is 2007. That's right. Resurrected. Another perfect example of it. Purdue is ranked. App State won against a ranked team last night. That's another example. That was 2007. Mm. The last time mm. App State did that. Hey, who they beat that game? Parallels. Right? Lots of you know number two teams losing. Uh oh. Ranked teams losing in general. App State's beating ranked teams. Purdue is ranked again. 
maybe maybe we'll see Hawaii in the Sugar Bowl. Who knows? But <laughs> this is maybe Kansas will somehow work their way into the rankings. But uh, how about that? 2007 resurrected. Here's another example of it. Purdue, last time they're ranked, 07. 07. That is the answer to this week's trivia question. And that'll do it for our show this week. We will see you next time. Take care.